Hello everyone, this is Shireen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled podcast. Today I'm talking about forgiveness and identity. These are hard things. And what does forgiveness have to do with identity? In my opinion, everything, and I'll explain why later in the podcast. Against whom? First, let's discuss forgiveness against whom? Is it God? Is it yourself? Is it other people? Let's clarify something very important. If you are telling yourself you need to forgive God, then let me please address an underlying assumption that may help in challenging this belief. To say we need to forgive God, then it assumes he has done something wrong. It means he's guilty of something. We confuse what he has allowed to occur in our lives with the fact that we think he's actually done something wrong. And there's very much a distinction. God doesn't do wrong and is incapable of doing so by his very nature. Now, if you're struggling because he has allowed something to occur in your life, I get it, but that's not the same. I encourage you to lean heavily into him and find out who he is. We tend to equate God's goodness to our favorable circumstances, and this is simply not how Christianity works or how life works. We live in a fallen world with horribly fallen people, ourselves included. When we feel like God has held out on us, then we simply don't know him well enough to know otherwise. If you would like to listen to a podcast that addresses this directly, please go to my website and locate my April 19th, 2020 podcast entitled, Where is God? Your Identity Depends on It. And I go into a little bit more detail about this very topic. So we don't need to forgive God because he's incapable of fault of any kind. In conjunction with this concept is the second part of my book, Identity Unveiled, when I pose the question that Jesus asked Peter in the New Testament, who do you say that I am? One of the most important answers is whether or not you think God is holding out on you. We usually think he's doing that when tragedy, hardship, trial, or trauma come our way. Is he big enough to have prevented that hardship? Of course he is. But there's something much bigger at stake. Our beliefs need to be grounded in truth, not what we think or perceive. And the glory that comes from our having not just lived through something hard, but our ability to thrive on the other side of it. These are bigger things. And the purpose to ultimately give him glory in it all. I encourage you to get to know God better, not as a checklist item, but as a holy entity who wants you to know him better than anyone else. What about forgiving yourself? 
please ask yourself the following questions. Have I done something wrong? Answer honestly. If you have, please go to God and confess that wrongdoing. That's the first step. He is ready and eager to forgive you. Now the hard part is now going to the person or persons to whom your wrongdoing was against and apologize. Whether they choose to forgive you is up to them. You can only do your part on your side of the equation. Don't assume that reconciliation is needed, which also takes two people. You can apologize to God and others whether the other components occur or not. This releases you from guilt. Anyone can get hooked on the cycle of self-condemnation for not living up to expectations. But know and recognize this distinction. The Holy Spirit is in your life to convict and then cast aside. Look at Psalm 51. It's the father of lies who wants us to stay on the wheel of self-condemnation that keeps turning and turning in our minds. Satan condemns and continues. The Holy Spirit convicts and then acquits. If you are struggling to be assured of the forgiveness of your sins, please meditate on Psalm 103.12 until the words sink into the deepest recesses of your heart and mind. We've discussed forgiveness for God, which isn't possible, and forgiveness for ourselves. Now what of forgiving others? I've had to forgive people who I believe legitimately have wronged me. I've also had to forgive people who think they haven't legitimately wronged me. An explanation of what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not is required. So forgiveness is not the following. Forgetting. We actually can't forgive and forget. Our brains don't allow us to do that. So you can't forget. The goal is to remember and still forgive. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not minimizing. Oh, it really wasn't that bad. It's okay. Well, forgiveness is not minimizing. Forgiveness is not denying. Well, I'm just going to ignore what they did to me. No, forgiveness is not forgetting, minimizing, denying, nor is it condoning. Oh, nothing bad really happened. It's not forgetting, minimizing, denying, condoning, excusing. Well, this is the way they are. This is just the way it is. They did this because fill in the blank. No, forgiveness is not excusing either. And it's not condemning. Well, they need to know how they have wronged me. Well, really, they don't need to know that. So forgiveness is not condemning. Nor is it seeking justice or compensation, meaning, oh, I'm going to get revenge. Forgiveness is not reconciling. Remember, reconciliation takes two parties. Forgiveness is not trusting. 
Meaning, if trust has been violated, trust needs to be earned back if there's going to be any reconciliation. But forgiveness can occur whether or not trusting and reconciling ever take place. So let me repeat that. Forgiveness is not forgetting, minimizing, denying, condoning, excusing, condemning, seeking justice or compensation, reconciling, or trusting. So what are the types of forgiveness? Well, first, it's just a decision. What does this practically look like? Even though you may still be angry or bitter, you are choosing to, deciding to, forgive without seeking revenge or behaving in a way that gets even or lashes out. This decisional forgiveness is simply an intention and not a behavior. Secondly, there's emotional forgiveness. That means to emotionally work through the offense that results in neutralizing your negative feelings. From a physiological standpoint, science informs us that holding on to anger and bitterness increases risks for high blood pressure, heart problems, and stroke. Not only that, it lowers your immunity to fight disease, increases the production of cortisol, known as the stress hormone, and causes dysfunction with basic physiological and psychological wellness which in turn impacts sleep, depression, anxiety, rumination, and even has been shown to literally shrink your brain. So the question becomes, why wouldn't you forgive? If you knew you were impacting your physical and emotional health in these significant and chronic ways. So let's talk about what forgiveness is. We've talked about what it's not. Well, what is it? The very first step is to decide to forgive, even if your emotions haven't caught up yet. Decide to forgive if your emotions haven't caught up yet. You make the choice to not act or act out on your hurt. Now, to emotionally forgive, the very first step is to unpack the hurt. So ask yourselves these questions. What did the person do to me? How did this cause anger or pain? This important step, as you can see from what forgiveness is not, is authenticity in how you were wronged and the feelings you have had because of the in injustice. It's not minimizing, condoning, excusing, reconciling, trusting, or denying. It's simply looking at the offense and being honest about what it was and how it affected you. Here's an acrostic that I've put together using the words, the word hope uh, as it recognizes the steps for emotional forgiveness. So H in the word hope. Honesty with yourself. Honesty with God. 
If the person who offended you is desirous in meeting with you, and your relationship is such that the person is, is willing to have an open and honest conversation, then that is wonderful. If not, be reminded that you can forgive the person whether or not they are willing to meet with you or hear your side. Remember, this part is out of your control. But the good news is that forgiveness is not contingent on their presence or their ability to meet with you. Forgiveness can take place from your side of the equation, even if reconciliation is not an option. I've done this in a relationship I used to have. O. So H is for honesty. O is for other focused. Now, put your feelings and the offense in a box and set it aside just for a moment. O stands for other focused. It simply asks if you're willing to put yourself in their proverbial shoes to replace your negative emotions with more neutralized emotions. Not, not necessarily good emotions, but more neutralized emotions. For example, is there a possibility that through sympathy or empathy, you could possibly see their point of view? Is there a bigger issue going on in their life that helps you make sense of why they offended you? Again, it's not excusing, but simply providing some larger understanding for the other person. So there's H, there's O, there's P. Purpose to forgive. On the day that you make this decision, write it down. Put it in a place of prominence on a note card where you can see it and date it. Today I forgive blank. Purpose to forgive. And then E, expect to move forward. After disclosing honesty and replacing negative emotions with neutral emotions and maybe eventually even positive emotions, well, what would that look like? Well, to, to get to the place of where you actually um, are not seeking revenge and you mean no bad harm to come to them. Expect to move forward. Hope, honesty, other focused, purpose to forgive and expect to move forward. Now I'd like to take a minute to discuss reconciliation. What is it? It's paramount that you understand that you can forgive regardless of the other person's admittance or apology. But what is needed for reconciliation? Simply put, admittance, meaning owning up to their behavior, what they've done wrong. Apology, repentance, meaning a turning away from whatever that behavior was that offended you and also trust. What's needed for reconciliation is ownership of the behavior, an apology, repentance, turning away from that, and then the building back of trust. When trust is broken, it must be earned. And it's a separate issue from forgiveness. 
There's no fast process in regaining trust. In fact, only time and the person's attitude and the person's actions speak to whether or not that trust can be rebuilt. You can forgive without reconciling or trusting. And you can certainly move forward in life by forgiving whether or not reconciling or trusting ever happen again. So what does forgiveness have to do with walking in your God-given identity? In my opinion, everything. I want you to think in two dimensions. I want you to think long-term about what not forgiving may look like for you. And I want you to think broadly. I want you to think broadly beyond the offense itself. First, the longer you hang on to anger, it will become a burden in your daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, and even decades in your life. With each passing segment of time, your joy will diminish, your ability to trust others will be greatly hindered, and if you're not careful, not forgiving will eat away at your heart and mind, leaving you void of peace and having come full circle with your life story. Furthermore, and this is a hugely personal point because of my own story of waiting so long to forgive, it keeps you in a victim status. As long as you choose to not to forgive, it's you who is unable to live in victory. You walk around pointing a finger of blame, even justifiably so, that keeps you nailed to the past despite your efforts to move forward. It's simply impossible to move forward in any form or fashion. To connect the dots together for your understanding, God wants to use your entire life story to impact people. As long as you choose to hang on to blame and your victim status, your story simply cannot be used for the benefit of others or for yourself because you're keeping yourself chained to the past. Forgiveness is for you. I've forgiven people who have passed I've forgiven people who are still alive. Has reconciliation happened with the people I've needed to forgive? Oddly enough, no. But I've loosed the chain on my side of the relationship so I can move forward. What happens with those people who are still alive that maybe um, reconciliation doesn't occur or maybe trust? Well, you know what? Uh, now it's an issue between God and them and, and what changes in their heart and mind take place. But in so doing, I have a greater understanding for myself and them, and I'm not ruminating on what could have been or what should have been. This is the beauty of forgiveness. You stop thinking about it. I've emotionally detached and I've moved on. So what is the result of doing so? Complete inner peace, coming full circle, consciously letting go. Why? So God can use all of your story because someone is going to need it. 
someone is going to need to hear your story. He's responsible for influence and outcome. But first things first. Do you need to forgive today? Maybe not for them, but for yourself. What holds you back? Forgiveness will alleviate the physiological, emotional, relationship, and spiritual toll it takes on your heart and mind. Make the decision to forgive today and walk through the step-by-step process. You won't be sorry. As a daughter or son of the King of Kings, he has amazing things to accomplish through you, and forgiveness may be the very first step. I'd love for you to learn about the steps of forgiveness in my life story as told in Identity Unveiled, Daughter of the King of Kings. You see, years after their deaths, my parents' deaths in 2001, I had to forgive them for deception. Deception about who I am. I've had to work through these steps. And regardless of what forgiveness means to you, I know you can too. I'd love to encourage you in any way I can. Please feel free to email me at hopeunveiled at gmail. Until next time, this is Shireen with the Identity Unveiled podcast.